0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. De Bruyne, oh, 1-0 City. Bonneau. And Pogba leaves
1: for McTominay. Going for Kane. Oh, what a finish. And Chibu Puki! Salah to it, And Ruben Neves. William for Chelsea. And that could be the goal that seals the title for Liverpool at long last.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, A Tad Predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 23, and you know what that means. Welcome to another episode of A Tad Predictable. Um, I'm joined by our. Executive producer uh, Guy Drinkle. Guy, we didn't have a show last week. Um, <laughs> that was that was obviously my fault. My I spilled protein shake all over my laptop.
1: I mean, if a laptop's going to break, that's the way you'd want to do it.
0: Mate, I, I was so disappointed. Um, it's gone in for repairs, but it's not looking like it's going to get fixed. So I'm going to have to be shopping for a new one. Um, yeah, so I had to bring you on because you have, I had everything set up on my phone, I mean on my laptop, and now I actually need more of your producing skills today.
1: You're just using me for the recorder
0: software, I right? Pretty, Pretty much. I know what I am. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on uh, and helping me out here. Hopefully, as I said, we'll get back to normal soon. Um, I'm, I'm, but, you know, last time we were on, you were on as well. We did the power rankings for the teams, which only means that this week we'll be doing – The predictable Power Five, the players' power rankings. Um, The transfer window is just finished for the Premier League. Teams are starting to settle. How do you think teams have settled? Do you have any thoughts on who you think is going to be in the power rankings as well? Um, In terms of the transfer window, there wasn't loads
1: of big changes off the top of my head. Like I think there's some smart signings, like Southampton getting Minamino. Liverpool buying actual centre backs. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the the centre backs the ball are going to be hugely transformative. But are they going to be better than Nat Phillips and John Henderson? There. I mean, the must the must be. <laughs> and I say that after two out. Well. well the third one wasn't a good performance, but two decent performances from them two as a pair. But we got natural centre backs there. But I, I can't think of too many sign. I mean, West Brom signed a load of players. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyone else actually signed anyone? <laughs> That's there wasn't there wasn't loads of business or not not spectacular business. But forgive you a quick signing of the window. I'd probably say Minamino. I think he'll suit what. Probably Southampton better than he suited Liverpool, to be honest. so that, And in terms of the player power rankings, I'm just just an inkling to do it. I think it's going to be Man City heavy.
0: They are definitely the team in form at the moment. Um, whether that reflects on the power rankings, we'll soon find out. But guys, there's a whole host of fixtures this weekend uh, that we're looking into. Um, It starts off with Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Um, we'll, we'll get to the power rankings in a little bit, but let's, let's run through some of the games. Let's see how we get on here, see how we think the games are going to go. As I said, we kick things off 1230 UK time with Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Two sides coming into this with mixed forms, like good, some good stuff, some not so great stuff. How do you see this game going?
1: Yeah, it's been a strange period for for probably Villa more so than Arsenal because they obviously had the uh, the long COVID break, and that seemed to well, you don't know how we don't know how it affects them physically, obviously, but it seemed to interrupt the rhythm, didn't it? Whereas they were having a very promising season. They're still they're still having a very good season. Don't don't get me wrong, but I think they were in the Europa League spots back back then, and then I don't know the momentum rhythm. It just seems to have gone and stop start. I mean, what is it? three losses out of the last five, and uh, were the beating Burnley? I think they were beating Burnley 2-0 and lost 3-2. Beating a very injury hit Southampton and Newcastle, who were diabolical. Mm, it, it's it's not great at form, as you say. And Arsenal, I, they were in good form. Like, drawing 0-0 with United, that's respectable. 0-0 against Palace, that isn't, the, that isn't the best. And that Wolves game was so weird and so affected by... Bad refereeing, but more so bad rulemaking by the Premier League um, and Bernd Leno being insane for some reason. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think think Arsenal come into this one as favourites just because Arsenal's loss was such weird circumstances and um, I'm not sure on fitness and stuff, but Saka, Pepe's been playing well, Lacazette's been playing well. They seem to have found a good balance in midfield. I think they're missing Tierney. I'm not sure if he's back for this one. But I think once they get the defence, it'll get Tierney back at left-back. He's another attacking option, or, or more balanced, especially. But I'd have to go Arsenal as favourites in this one, I think, mean, in terms of prediction. Hmm. Let's go... I hope, how much do I trust Arsenal? I'm going to go for another mad one, 3-2 Arsenal.
0: Almost seems if if you're gonna pick Arsenal, it's gonna have to be a mad one. Um But you say three two Arsenal. I, I I think this game definitely suits something like this. Both teams have been in, if not controversial, but exciting games that I've I've seen of recent note. Um I look at Villa's previous games. The the fact that a lot of the games both teams have chances to win it. It's kind of end to end stuff um we saw the 3-1 against West Ham last time around but even the the game before that they i thought i thought that although it was only 1-0 an exciting game against Southampton where both teams looked mm. threat threatening at, at at any stage and refereeing they, controversies <laughs> <laughs> refereeing controversy aside um yeah and, and then you look at this Arsenal side and they've also been a team that's been involved in some Interesting games and some games that referees have been the deciding factor. I, I I think they'll be hoping at least this game can be decided between the players and 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 who performs better in this game. But yeah, I'm I, I, I'm looking forward to a really exciting game. I like your three-two shout. I'm gonna go with a two. I'm gonna go with the two-two, um, and, and and I'm not I'm not gonna even dignify. Um, giving your your draw philosophy that you've had over the, the the different episodes of the podcast. But I do think that both teams coming into this one, they're they're capable of scoring goals and capable of conceding goals in end-to-end games. And this is gonna be what ultimately is one of those perfect end-to-end games for for a neutral fan that has lots of goals. Uh, lots of chances created, but ends up being uh, a game where both teams feel like, oh, we should have won that one. Um, speaking of a team that should have, you know, the, that lives on the mantra this season of we should have won that one and actually have won a couple of games um, recently. I'm talking about our next team involved in the fixture. It's Brighton um, off the back of wins against Spurs and Liverpool. They now head head over to Burnley, another team that's also starting to get a couple of results together.
1: Yeah, I think this is the battle of the two teams that have not pulled away from the relegation zone because I think they're still eighteenth and seventeenth. I do have the table in front fifteenth and seventeenth. Uh, so Newcastle keeps slipping down, um, but they have both improved, and I think I don't. I think the people would have expected probably both these teams to be in a relegation battle, but I think most people probably expect them to stay up, and I think since Dyche got everyone back from injury and they started to find a bit of rhythm in the team selection, I think everyone, most people would probably think Burnley will never go down while Sean Dyche is there barring a huge injury crisis. And I'd probably say the same with Brighton. I think the lack of goals has been the issue this season, but I mean... They've seemingly improved defensively. They've brought in some more exciting youngsters, like McAllister's finally came out of the team. I know he's been in, out and missed the uh, the last one. Um, but we've seen like Basuma come into his own. The defence finally looks settled. Um, Lamptey was probably their best player whilst they were struggling, and he's missed quite a lot of the season. So they've, they've probably got their main attacking weapon still to come back so i think it it's very promising times for uh for brighton especially because i think if they do find that number nine and we know that we're looking for one in the summer maybe probably not this season because obviously january's just passed but if they address that keep hold of your Basumas, your your Whites, your websters your stuff like that maybe add a striker and a goalkeeper I think they could easily be looking at mid-table. um, And I think it's quite exciting times for, for Brighton. And I've just I've got the injury list in front of me. And that's probably the most problematic thing for both teams in this game. I mean, I won't list them all. But as I say, Lampdies injured. um, Proper's out. Veltman's out. Uh, McAllister might be out. Solly March, I think he went off and looked at his uh, knee. So he might be out for a while. And then Burnley... Some of these might actually come back, but these are the ones that have been missing. Brady, Taylor, Barnes, Brownhill, Chris Wood, That they all start. That's five starters in the team. So I think I think this game could be one that's a bit boring, because I think, albeit Brighton's reputation is more about nice free-flowing football, I think they're, because of the lack of goals, as I said, I think they've gone... Defense first, and I think they're one of the best teams in in terms of allowing shots nowadays, which you probably wouldn't have expected before the season. So I can't see this being being a mad one, unless the injuries just the the teams are just really mental. But I'll back my boys. I'll back Brighton. I'll go one nil, Brighton, um, because if if all if both strikers are missing, I think Vidra and Rodriguez were up front for Burnley in the last game, and that doesn't really. It doesn't feel like something that could test the back three of Brighton, considering how well the player to get at Anfield the other night. So, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll back Brighton and I'll go 1-0 Brighton.
0: And that would be the third 1-0 in a row for them, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, obviously, the Liverpool game 1-0, this, the Spurs game before that was 1-0, and the game just before that was 0-0. So, they've they they've got a nice and it was 1-0 before yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> and it was 1-0 before that um so look that, that that's a pretty safe scoreline and i think in the spirit of brighton's 1-0 theme uh, i think it would be silly to go against that it, it's similar to the you know uh, all due respect to burnley the the man city score they they seem to get against burnley every single time um i think burnley are in the one nil mode at the moment and i mean brighton are in the one nil mode at the moment and i'm going to back your one we we can double up on that one nil i think you mentioned the injuries for burnley um untimely injuries for them in my opinion considering they were starting to get a really nice run of form um chris wood i mean that that's him and Ashley Barnes is probably what people think about when you mention Burnley. Those are probably two of the first, if not two names, the first three or four names that you mention. Um, you also think of are promising Dwight McNeil, those type of tropes. But yeah, I think those guys are going to be a big miss for them. So the firing power is very questionable for me. And I think Brighton are going to have just enough. That one goal that they seem to have, in all their games recently. Um and yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that gets on. And we move on to the next game. We've just spoken about strikers not being available. We've now got a team who has gotten their striker back in Danny Ings, but he's not really helped them do much since he's come back. In fact, he's kind of gone a bit pear-shaped at the moment at Southampton. Guy, they travel to Tyneside to play Newcastle is is this a good time to be playing Newcastle, or is it a good time to be playing Southampton? Both. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think both teams
1: should really see it as an opportunity to pile on the misery for the other. Because, I mean, Southampton, four losses in a row. Of course, they beat Liverpool, you know. So that just happens. Every team that beats Liverpool now seems to just never win again. Um Maybe I should go back to the Brighton result and change that, but who knows? Um, yeah, I think Southampton—they were having such a good season, weren't they? they? Were obviously, I think they were top for a, for a night or so, but that's when the squad was quite um, not huge amounts of injury. They, they seem to have settled on uh, Vestergaard, Bednarek, Carl Walker, Peters, and, and Bertrand. That's a really good base to build from. And that Man United game, which nine nil—I mean, I turned it off at two nil because it. Southampton were never getting back into that. Um, but seeing, I think, is it Kane Ramsey? I think it is the young right back. Um, Jack Stevens, Bednarek. I can't even remember if Bertram was playing. Um, it's just they don't have the base. Then Romeo and Diallo are missing, who you, one of them usually partners Ward Prowse. It was just a very makeshift team. And I, again, I, I don't think we even have time to go through their injuries, but. They're all injured. <laughs> They're just all injured. Like
0: it would be quicker to go through who's still available. Yeah,
1: like it's literally Ings and Che Adams and like <laughs> some random people. That, that's about and Minamino. <laughs> yeah, I mean that if he could start, whether it, whether I think Armstrong might be injured. Uh, yes, he is. So maybe him Minamino probably suits that role or Giannepo's role or whoever the hell. But um, yeah, I think Che Adams, Minamino, Ings, and then. Um, Gineppo. I think that's a, I think that's a good mix of finishing and and, and a bit of craft from from Minamino. I think I, I quite like that balance. And Stuart Armstrong, obviously, probably one of their more unsung heroes. He, he, he's a good option as well. But that that's a good attacking um, lineup. I think defensively, they just don't have many options. Like they're signing from the summer, Salas, so who's not been in, available all season. It's just it's a strange season. Like considering the size of their squad like, they probably have 13 trusted players, like Walcott and Jack Stevens outside of the normal team, and probably Diallo if you count Romeo as a star, so it, it's it's not a load, like, it's a very small squad, and, like, they only have one fullback in each position, it, it's, and considering the style of play, and this is me not knowing anything about sports science, but yeah, it, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of pressure on young kids coming in. Um, and we saw that with the young lad getting a, a red card in two minutes, even if it was to, if it was two minutes, it's a, it, it's a strange one. But it it's a weird game to predict because, I mean, they're both terrible at the minute. Mm. And new Newcastle have had huge injury problems, COVID problems, people recovering from COVID. So I'm not. I'm not just like. Ignoring that, but Southampton like twelve people injured <laughs> or suspended in, in the young lad's uh, case. Where, where's Newcastle? I can actually go through them. Person not twenty. Uh, Clark, Dummett, Lascelles, Lewis, and Fernandes. I mean, that's probably three of the back four. So, I I could see this being a mad game because they don't Newcastle don't have their first choice defence, whereas Southampton have their attack. But and Newcastle's. I didn't watch it, but they apparently looked a bit better in the first half against whoever the hell played the last game, but then Bruce brought on all the big people, and it <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> so if Bruce can stay out his own way, he could probably win this. I mean, I might this might be my first bottling and go for a draw today just to annoy you, but... Oh, go
0: on. One-all. One-all. Yeah. yeah, look, um, one-all is is an understandable scoreline i think uh yeah the last game they did look promising against i think it was it, it was crystal palace um and uh, it seems like newcastle are limping over the line this season i think they they're going to stay up but they're going to do it very slowly as i say that um it seems like they they don't have everything firing they've got enough firepower when you look at the likes of callum wilson Whereas, for example, a Brighton could have used a Keller morson, I think mm. um but they've they've got just enough firepower to get them over the line, and as you said, riddled with injury for both sides, it's going to be a difficult game, I think, for both sides just to get through it and in terms of getting through it and hoping we get through it without any injuries from Newcastle's perspective, I think this game similar style of play to more the second half and and the previous games before the first half against Palace where he just sets up the shop, makes it really difficult to break them down and try and get something with Almiron linking up with Wilson. I, I think that's how Bruce sees them getting through the season for the majority of the time and I haven't seen too much evidence in him changing that and anytime he has changed it, it's been for very, very short you know 10 minute 15 minute spells and then he reverts back to default so i think what's going to help help southampton is newcastle aren't going to be ambitious enough in this game and that's going to help southampton and looking at southampton's side of it i mean the fact that they haven't won a game in four is is horrible um being a Liverpool fan, the fact that the one win in five that they do have is against us is even more tragic. But if you look at those games, they played Leicester away, Arsenal at home, Villa at home, and then Man United. Obviously, you get the red card in the Man United game. That kind of seals the fate in that one. Um, You look at the Villa game, it's a Villa side that are... Impressive, you know they 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 showed they've got firepower. And as I mentioned earlier, that game could have gone one or the other way, and no one would have batted an eyelid. So I think they were just a little bit unfortunate in that one. And then you look at the Arsenal game. I mean, Arsenal have put up a little bit of form. You you you've mentioned it. They they look like they're starting to get into form a little bit. So that's a tough game. Um, you could see Arsenal getting a win there. And then Leicester, obviously, they've had their sights on. You know top 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 of the league, top two, top three, definitely hoping to make top four this season. I think that's another tough game so and this is all after having played Liverpool, probably make you run around the park a lot, uh so they've had tough fixtures. It's been a tough time for them i think I think they bounce back in this one. I think they will enjoy the fact that this game isn't a game against a team in the top half of the league, and they'll try and capitalize on that, and especially with the bad runner form. The man united result, they're gonna want a reaction, not just for themselves, but for their fans, sort of like an as an apology, if if you can if you can call it that. Um I'm gonna go with a 2-1 Southampton win for this one. Um and Newcastle will they'll they'll pick up their points elsewhere and, and they'll be fine, I think. Um a team that's hoping to be fine as well, they currently find themselves in 18th place. Fulham, they entertain one of the form teams in West Ham who are in, I don't think it's disrespectful to say the dizzy heights of fifth currently. Um, Before the season started, I didn't see West Ham being in fifth come this point in the season. And yet they're there, guy.
1: No one saw them fifth at any point (laughs) in the, in the, uh, in the season. Like, it's a weird one because I don't know whether that's a stigma about the squad. Moyes, both probably. You look, I mean, Moyes since leaving Everton, he's not really done a good jo- like. Probably the first good job he did was the first spell at West Ham, where at not the bare minimum, but his bare minimum was survival. And I can't, I can't remember exactly. You know, I might be completely wrong if there's West Ham fans listening. Correct me, obviously. But it seemed like not scraped by, but they the survived like easy enough, but could have probably done a bit better. And then they brought a, I can't remember who the Pellegrino, Pellegrini, not Pellegrino, that'd be a disaster. Pellegrini, and that didn't go wrong, but I don't know, he seems to have, whether the squad's improved because Pellegrini did spend a lot of money uh, and the quality's there, like getting the best out of players like Fornals. So you probably would say not really a stereotypical um David Moyes player and obviously Pellegrini bought him and he's just he's used him quite well. Maybe maybe not he's the most ideal position, but he's getting the best out of him and he seems to have found a formula. Obviously they had five at the back at times, but he now settled on um kind of four, two, three, one type thing and maybe they're still waiting on Ben Rama and Bowen to find the, the goal scoring touch to help Antonio out with that crack, but if if Suchek's going to score 150 goals a season all from corners, does, does it really matter? But it, it, it's strange. I think they've found something really... They've found a really good spine. That's probably it, because you look... Uh, Fabianski's a very dependable goalkeeper. Uh, Ogbonner and and seems to be the one at the minute it's not it's not the greatest on paper but it's, it, it's probably good in the premier league but then onwards the midfield of sucek and rice is probably the best one of the best in the league never mind outside the uh, top six like it, it's really impressive uh whoever's playing number 10 and then Anto- antonio it is one of the most unique threats in the premier league maybe he's not going to score 20 and assist 20 but in a one-off game and probably not many strikers above that you'd rather play than uh, that you'd rather not play than Antonio so I think they've just got a, a really good squad they've got good options maybe need a bit more in defense um and they obviously need backup for Antonio now that Haller's gone but it, it's just I don't know it's just really good the is doing a a really good job like if it's sustainable I mean West Ham have money they have the infrastructure it, it, it it's just working for them and um, on to Fulham just quickly. I mean, Fulham. I mean, the, when we last did your power rankings, weren't Fulham fifth, were they? Where, whereas you look, you look yeah. now, they were fifth, and the, the fixture difficulty was there, and that's why you had them in your in your top five. But then you then you think back and you look at them in the in still in the relegations, or now, and they are eighteenth. Yeah, they're 18th and they're eight points behind. You think they could have, should have turned some of them draws into wins? Like I know there, I know there were like games against Liverpool, Chelsea, whoever. But that's how you get out of relegation, and that's why I know Big Sam's having a horrid time at the minute. But that's why people like Big Sam, Tony Pulis, uh. Christ, even like crap like Pardew. Hod Hodgson's the best example, because he's been doing it all his time at Crystal Palace. He gets a win when he needs a win. And like so be it. If you get beat 3-0, if you win the next game 1-0, conceding 800 shots, but you win 1-0, you're better off for it, rather than drawing three games. So it's... I, I, I don't know, they just don't seem to be ruthless enough. Like the fix the defense, but at the cost of the attack, whereas the attack wasn't very good anyway. It, it's just, it's just a strange one. Like I know Dave's not a big fan of Parker, but he he could have he could have had them a lot closer to Burnley, surely. But I think he could have had had them out of the relegation zone. But it, it, as soon as they've gone back to playing teams around their level, like drawing two all with West Brom, drawing nil nil with Brighton in the last five games, it, it's they're the opportunities they have to take to to save a season that, let's be honest, I think most people thought because they didn't buy anyone till late in the windows, like, they're finishing 20th, put your money, put your mortgage on it, all your life savings. Whereas, they've recovered somewhat, but, but, they're three points ahead of Sheffield United. Like, come on. Mm. Sheffield United were, for the first half of the season, on for the worst run in Premier League history. Like, and to be only three points ahead of that, where you look at Fulham's squad, it's so talented. Like, I know some of it's new and settled in. They've got... Areola's a really good goalkeeper. The centre-backs seem to have really settled in quite nicely. and Angisa, he, he's been one of the best midfielders in the league. Adam Ola-Luckman's settled in quite nicely. Um, The full-backs seem to have done, like, Aina and uh, Tete seem to be doing quite well. Robinson, it, it's... It's a team that should not be, and I don't think cut adrift just yet. But if Burnley win a game and Fulham lose a game, like we might as well just pencil in that bottom three as relegated already. It's just the way it is. Like if I was to ask you who out of the bottom three you think could go on a, a like a miracle run, I'd probably say Sheffield United because they did it last year. Not a miracle run, but they had a re- the good run of form. I'd say Sheffield United somehow, I'd say, most likely to stay up out of that three, but I, I think it's that three who will go down now.
0: Yeah, it's it's not looking good for them. Um, I think their form is probably summed up, well, their form this season is probably summed up with Mitrovic, mm. someone who, on paper, he's going to cause problems for defenders. He's got the talent there, but it's just not coming up on, on, on the field. He's yeah. just not getting the goals, and fulham are suffering in terms of just not getting wins um and and i think that's encompassed um by as i said mitrovic the fact that fulham have all this talent on paper if you look at them on paper they shouldn't be you know 14 points from 21 games with two wins um that's that's not good enough and for the potential that they have and, and it's gonna get worse for them in this game because they're playing a very informed West Ham. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at like 2-0 West Ham. What about you? Uh I'll
1: I'll go 3 1. 3 1, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. that that that's fair. That's fair. West um, Ham, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 3 1 to West Ham. Um which, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a goal for games, but um, nowhere near the amount of goals that this team scored this past game week. Uh, Man United, the nine-goal scoring Man United, the rampant Man United, they entertain Everton. Um, Everton side that looks like they're picking up. I, I, I don't know with Everton. They've had opportunities to be a lot closer. I mean, it's it's, it's they've got games in hand. Um, you know, two games in hand on on most of the teams, Bar City that are above them, and they're only four points behind uh, fourth place Liverpool. But for me, West Everton should be comfortably in the top four at the moment, considering how many chances I think they've had to win games and see games out, and they come up against a United team that's going to be very confident.
1: Yeah, I'm, w- I'm with you with Everton there. I think. Obviously they've had injuries like Calvert-Lewin's, Mister Mister Chunk, in the Hammers as Mister Chunk. Alan's been out quite a while now, but is that any excuse to lose to Newcastle? It's not, is it? Like no, nah, no. Nah. Like I said, this is a Liverpool fan who are losing to everyone on the second game now. <laughs> like our injury list is worse than theirs, and I, I don't see that as an excuse why we can't beat Brighton at home or Burnley at home. So it's yeah, I, it, it's just Everton. There's just something. Maybe the squad isn't isn't complete yet. The defence mm, really not up not up to the level. They've still got Jordan Pickford, a he's injured for this game. But if it, it's up to that, I think it's Robin Robin Olsen. I think his first name is. If if he can settle in and I think he's most people are impressed by him from his national team form rather than what he did at Roma. If he if he can if he can show being better than Jordan Pickford, which shouldn't be that hard a task, it, that could help him settle in. I'm pretty sure Pickford had howlers in that Newcastle game. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's just probably they probably need more goals outside of Calvert Lewin. I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but when I'm looking at who scored, it doesn't seem like Richarlison's chipping in as much as he could. I might be completely wrong in that, but that's just from my perception. But maybe it's me going from the early season form where it just seemed to be DCL or bust. Um, The midfield's a strange one without Allen there. Like, Decore, a bit more defensive. Bringing in, like, bad players like a very old Gylfi Sigurdsson. Um, Andre Gomez. Some I just don't think some of what they've got matches like the front line. The, I think the front line's excellent. Like Hames, and DC, and Richarlison on paper's excellent. Then you look at the midfield when there's one injury, it, the quality just goes down. I just don't think the squad the squad doesn't match the first team. That's probably what I'm going for, and I think that's probably the difference between. <sighs> expectations in a team like Chelsea who are one spot above them whereas you Chelsea have just got a new manager where you think their squad is top four every day of the week and they spent 200 mil on it so I think Everton get if Everton get Europa League this year or this season I should say I think that's a really good season for them um but Man, Man United I mean as Liverpool fans, it's like tough to say, but you and people keep saying this. It's like you watch them, the terrible, but the win. I know that's not been. Yeah. The, it's not been the case uh, like Sheffield United and Arsenal, and, and against us. Um, but you do just watch them, and you're like, "How have they won this game?" <laughs> but they are winning it. That like it, it's probably the most. <sighs> Biggest example of the old cliche of what I don't think they'll win the champ. I don't think they'll win the title by any means, but it's what champions do of winning bad and winning, and I think they've just took that to the extreme. <laughs> like somehow they're literally like twenty shots conceded against like Brighton, for example, in the win with a penalty after added time. Like that's taken it to a whole new level. But that, that's the sort of stuff. Like they're winning because their front line is excellent and. And Bruno Fernandes is having a special season. And their form dipped off because Bruno's form dipped off. So if Bruno can, whether it's tiredness or just just form, because he's a human being, they they, they should finish... Let's be honest, they should finish second now. Liverpool's squad's decimated. Leicester are very reliant on one year old striker. It, it's a very good 34-year-old striker, but not, nevertheless united should be finishing minimum second in my in my opinion now um but in, in terms of this game um united's home form isn't the best as proven by the sheffield united game uh, but it is everton everton love losing to man united i will go two one united
0: Two one to Man United. Um, I'm, I agree with you in the sense that United and and it's part of the reasoning and justification I gave for them being in my um, Tad's top five. The last podcast is that United fans shouldn't care about whether the team is playing well or not; it's just care that the team's winning because that's all that matters right now. You can always fix playing the game pretty or you know getting better players into. Play more exciting football. Just get, just get the wins on the board for now. That that's really what matters uh, for them, in my opinion. Um, and and they, they've been doing that really well. Everton, you were right to highlight their lack of goals. I think Richarlison hasn't scored since the. Um, oh no, he's he's only scored two goals this season. Ooh, so you're right about that's that.
1: That's going under the radar. Though. That
0: is, yeah, it, it's it, it really is, but. Um, and he's played majority of the games. He had a spell out, um, you know, three week spell when he was out earlier in the season. But for the large parts of the season, he's played most of the games. So he's got the five assists, but the goals is must be a concern for them, whether or not. It was DCL that was stealing all the goals now or getting in at the end of things that Richardson would usually get on the end of. But, yeah, that would be a concern for them. Another thing that concerns me about them that's also gone under the radar is how James Rodriguez hasn't assisted a goal since game week five. Um, really? Yeah. Woo-hoo. He's got three assists this season. He hasn't assisted since the Liverpool 2-2 game and that should not be acceptable for a player of his quality, Mm. for what he showed at the beginning of the season. I don't know if he's now given up on the season. I I would hope not. Uh, Everton fans would certainly be hoping not, but he's not had that spark that he had when he came in and and started the season on fire. So that's the concern for me, that I don't know if Everton will get a goal. I'm going to go with the 2-0 Man United win. I think the attacking firepower is going to be, too much for that Everton defense, as you mentioned. Backup goalkeeper coming in. It's it's not. It's going to be a long day for him and United. I think they're going to be bouncing into this game. They're going to be excited about what happened last last time around and use that as fuel to get them through this game. So I'm I'm going to go with the two 0 And speaking of fueling something, there've been a couple of players that have fueled their teams, guy. Um, into maybe favorable positions, into good positions. Um, uh, as I mentioned last podcast, we had Tad's top five this week. It's predictable power five. This is a top five power ranking of the best five players at the moment, adjusted obviously to things, you know, ranging from strength of schedule, individual impact, just absolute sauciness on the pitch. Um, you mentioned that you you had a feeling it was gonna be very city heavily based, but we'll we'll see how we get on and we'll start things off in fifth place in our predictable power five. It is a man city player, and it's edison um look it's plain and simple. the guys had sixteen sheets in a row um. I think it's been more the guys in front of him than necessarily him pulling off incredible like saves to keep those all all six of those. But he's still doing a really solid job. When when asked to do something, he's always coming out on top. And I give him credit because it's very uh, it's a very underrated trait being a goalkeeper for a for a team that dominates possession so much that. You basically hardly get to get your eye in. You don't face too many shots at goal. But then when you do face them, they're expecting you to pull off saves. Um, So you have to be on it. Your concentration levels have to be on it. And he takes fifth place. So Edison in fifth place. In fourth place, I have an interesting one. It's Saka. Bukayo Saka, Mm. that's right. I've called Bukayo Saka coming in because it's pretty simple. If he doesn't play well, Arsenal doesn't play well. You mentioned the whole... When uh, Bruno Fernandez doesn't play well, Man United struggle. Well, it's the case for Arsenal with Saka, and I don't know how Arsenal have got into a situation where they're relying on such a young player. You know, and he has such a big influence on whether or not they they have a good game. Look, I'm, I'm for him. I'm glad for him on an individual level. I'm glad that he's become such a key part of their squad. But to have a 19 year old. Be the reason that you're winning or losing games. I think that's putting way too much pressure on the kid, and and I'm hoping that he, you know, can. It it, it doesn't affect him too much, but I think you know he. Every time they've won in, in January, he scored a goal. He's or he's assisting. He's he's the key for them doing anything good this season for the rest of the season. If Things stay the way that they are, and um, so I've been really impressed with him. I've enjoyed his football. He's creative. He's exciting. He's got confidence. As I said, young player, um, low key in the running. Well, not low key, but in the running for young player of the season for me. But then again, that award goes to players from like age, you know, nineteen to age thirty-five at this stage in the Premier League. So I would be worried about whether or not he can win a considering who you know, the, the the oldies that are allowed to to enter that or be in the running for that award, which needs to be readdressed. Um, I'll swiftly move on to third on my list. Um, the theme, as you mentioned, Man City. I'll continue with the Man City theme, and it is Ruben Diaz. As I mentioned with Edison, six clean sheets in a row. I think Diaz is at the heart of that defense. Obviously, you've got Laporte, who you know, was the mainstay for them. And if you're looking at City at the beginning of the season, you think, okay, Laporte's back. Um, he's going to be the key reason to us, you know, taking the fight to Liverpool this season, trying to get our trophy back from a Man City perspective, trying to get our trophy back. I think Diaz has been the heart of this defence. I think he has controlled things for them really well. He's organised that backline really well. And he's had to deal with so many different partners in terms of not just center-back partnerships, because obviously that's limited, but they've got full-backs coming in and out and in and out, and you never know who's really going to play, and I suppose fantasy players will know that all too well. You really can't trust which city fullbacks are going to be playing. You can barely trust which center-backs are going to be playing, but you can always trust that Diaz and Edison are going to play, and you know, both of those players are in my fantasy scheme, just for that reason. (laughs) Because I needed city players, but I needed city players I knew that were going to play. And these two have played all the games, and they've cons- um, and they've kept all, all of those six clean sheets. So I, I give them a lot of credit. So Diaz comes in at, in third place. In second place, you mentioned him earlier in the podcast, uh, Thomas Suchik. He's got four goals in their last five games. Um, I, I think that's really it. He's getting goals for them. It doesn't have to be amazing football for 90 minutes. It's just, can you put the ball in the back of the net? And right now, West Ham are playing really, really well. Obviously, they had that game against Liverpool where uh, the old Liverpool seemed to show up for about one game and then reverted back to kind of the default for the season. But aside from that, West Ham have looked really good and and he's been one of the big reasons for that. Um, And his goals have been really vital if that's one if you don't have in your fantasy team i would highly recommend and i think he's going to keep this going i think he's in a good mood and i'm looking forward to what he can do in you know in in that game against fulham and games to come and without further ado number one on my list it is a man city player if you don't have a man city player currently on your top five or should let me rephrase that if you don't have at least two man united uh, man city players on your list then you're doing your list wrong because number 1 in the premier league the hottest player at the moment he's taken over from bruno fernandes bruno has obviously had the dip and he's fallen way off the list he's not even in the top 5 but this guy none other than ikai gundogan um guy Gundogan has had five goals or assist involvements in the last six games that they've played, as we've mentioned. Obviously, the clean sheet side of it, from the attacking side of it, he's been the the focal. You 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 look at that team, you think of the De Bruyner's. you think of the Agueros. Well, they've been struggling with injuries this season. Someone had to step up and it looks like Gundogan has happily stepped up what do you think of the list? Obviously, it's correct. Um, I'm, I'm very well known for having a 100% record in my power rankings. This is another perfect list. Gundogan, best player in the Premier League right now. As I said, these power rankings, they happen pretty much monthly. So don't take it as an indictment of he's the best player in the entire Premier League over the course of the season or however you want to phrase it to try and justify that a certain player should be in or shouldn't be in. Bruno Fernandes should be in because of the season. It doesn't matter what about what season he's had. He's been stinking it up lately. He's not been turning up for the games. He's out. He's gone. He's out of the top five. Gundogan is in. He jumps into the the list for the first time and goes straight to the top.
1: No, I can't. I can't argue with any of them. Of course, you can't argue (laughs) with any of
0: them. It's the perfect
1: list. Uh, I mean, if this was if you didn't miss last week. I think Fabinho would have had a shout.
0: Uh.
1: Well, no, when we last podded, you mentioned doing it. And I, I can't remember if you had two weeks off. But for, I said, if you do the player one, Fabinho's our only shout there. And Ed- Edison's just there because he's got nothing to do.
0: <laughs> but when he get, get stuff to do, he does it. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. He does it.
1: He hasn't had anything to do in about two years.
0: <laughs> well listeners if you want something to do and you don't want the hassle of having to go through you know multiple sources of getting stuff done and you you just want something that will help you get all of your entertainment viewing in one place i highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors liberty shield you can find them at liberty shield.com liberty shield is a vpn provider and you can check out their services as i said LibertyShield.com, get one of their awesome packages. I've got, as I mentioned, they they were very they were very good to me. They set me up with my VPN package here. All of our viewing is now through Liberty Shield. I I, I don't I, I actually cancelled my other subscription to the service that was providing uh, no names here on on who that was, but purely because I didn't need it anymore. I didn't need. Um, all I needed was internet, really, and then VPN, and, and they've kidded me out. Also to mention, shout out to EPLindex.com, as they're also the supporting, um, presenting sponsors alongside with Liberty Shield. Guy, we've got a game coming up in, you know, we've, we've done the top fives, we move on down the list in fixtures. We've got a struggling Spurs side coming up against a struggling west bromside and another game of two struggling teams how do you see this game going yeah
1: this is it's a strange one i mean this will be the real marker for marino and spurs i think losing to liverpool i mean the team he picked was very strange especially at halftime but so be it it's still liverpool regardless of the situation liverpool are in uh Losing to Chelsea is a horrible game. It's very bad. Um, That's one thing. And and Brighton, it seems to be a bit of a bogey team for them, but as we say, Brighton have improved. But I mean, two of the losses are kind of not acceptable, but understandable, whereas losing to Brighton's probably not too good. But hey, I'm a Liverpool fan, I can't talk about that. Um, Whereas West Brom, they've just, I don't know, they they seem ill suited to a big Sam team. I won't say didn't attempt to, but they didn't fix the defence in, in, in January. The new striker they brought in, I can't think of his name. Uh, I can't think of his name. Um, but he, he seems to have done quite well. He seems to be better suited to a Big Sam team than, say, Carlin Grant. Uh, and the brought in, I think he brought in a few midfielders. Um, one from Celta Vigo and... Um, Ainsley Merton niles no, I forgot about him. Yeah, he obviously went to West Ham, West West Ham, West Brom as well. So they brought a couple think people in, but the defence is just so bad for West Brom. Like the fullbacks are bad, the goalkeeper's not too good, the centre backs seem terrible. Um, but I say this: Spurs without Harry Kane just don't seem to function at all. Like. It's, it, it, as soon as he went out the team Liverpool just took that game by the scruff of the neck and, and never let go, I mean, they brought, what was it I think they brought on Lamella in that game Vinicius the other night wasn't particularly good, but again he, he's a striker have Kane play well, have um, Son play off someone It's it's strange and Let's be honest, West, there's not going to be many counter-attacking opportunities against West Brom. So, playing Kane, C- <laughs> playing Sod up front, it's probably not going to be the way. So, I think you need get Vinicius, try and get him in some sort of a rhythm, because I think mean, the last time I saw him play was against Marine, who I can't remember what tier they're in of, of football, and he seems to have been the Europa League striker. So you you need to give him some rhythm, give him a chance whilst Kane's out. I'm not sure how long Kane's actually out for, but his injury didn't look too promising. Um, and I don't know. Let Bergvine attack again. He seems to be a glorified right wing back. It's it's a it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. Um. You have to say Spurs are the favourites simply because West Brom have not been that good. But Spurs, three losses in a row, Mourinho's first ever back-to-back home losses in his career. It It's, a, it's an opportunity for West Brom to make a surprise. And, and we've seen that. They drew with Man City, they drew with Liverpool. Christ, I might, I'm... I'm talking myself into predicting a draw today and it's not be- it's <laughs> okay, yeah, not it's I not mean. because it's not because I'm trying to annoy you it's because I don't know it, Mourinho is obviously over dependent on on Kane and I I just don't see how he, how he's going to fix that and I'm lo- I'm looking at the injury website I'm using that says Kane might be back on the 13th which is the next game week I presume mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so you, you know what today let's do it nil nil
0: Oh, the worst of the draws, yes. guy. That, oh, Beautiful. gross. That 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 is gross. Um, I, I will not stand for that. I, for one, will. You know, I've, I've already given one draw in this in this set of fixtures, and I already feel quite icky about that. Um, not not having it. Look, you're right about Spurs in terms of their lack of direction and, and being kind of rudderless at the moment without Kane. I think he needs to either move Son back out on the left because that's where Son is most impactful um but then tr- trust Vinicius more uh, he seems like a decent player he seems like a decent understudy to Kane he's not going to be Harry Kane but he 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 can hold the ball up he can get players involved he's got a he's got a goal in him he, you know he's not shy to celebrate a goal regardless of who he's scoring against we saw in, in the <laughs> FA Cup but I like him, and I think that they should they should use him more often and use the skill set that he brings in that role that Kane was playing. I think Vinicius can do it. Maybe not to the level of Kane. I don't think many players can to the level of Kane, but he could be a Kane light. Um, but it seems like at the moment he's not only lost Kane, but in losing Kane and trying to now change how the team is playing, he's also then lost the best things that were coming out of Son and that is a big disappointment for me. Um, Can he fix it in this game? I think he simply has to. I'm going to go with the 1-0 Spurs win, just out of desperation for Spurs. Mourinho, you know, you mentioned a masterclass-type manager. He'll know he needs a win in this game, regardless of how they play, and I think that's going to be a big factor in this one. He's going to sacrifice maybe some of the stuff that they've done throughout the season, some of the principles that have, you know, developed in the Spurs team. And he's going to put up a squad and a tactic just to get a win, regardless of how we play. Let's just get that win. And I think they get that one nil win. Speaking of teams that just needed to get a win, Wolves got a win last time around. That, that's been a long time coming. Um They entertain a Leicester side. As I said, Leicester looking upwards in the league. They... They... I think, uh, are primed to be in the top four this season and and looking good for it. Wolves, a team that probably would have been a perennial threat to top four, but it's been far from that this season, Guy. How do we see Wolves handling a Leicester side after Wolves finally got that W?
1: Yeah, it's straight on on Dave's pod uh, this afternoon. I I said last season, or the last couple of seasons, this, this this game has been the battle of the best of the rest. Whereas Leicester have built on that tag and, and now should be a top four contender, if not cemented in there. Um, whereas Wolves have just kind of gone in free fall. I know they beat Arsenal, but as I mentioned when we were covering the Arsenal game, it's, that was the strangest situa- situation ever. So, I mean, Wolves, let's be honest, scraping a win over a nine-man Arsenal, is, is that more impressive by Arsenal? Not to do a Southampton and Wolves struggle, and they scored a penalty that is a penalty, but they got a red card for it. And yeah. a Worldie. like it, it didn't really show much from Wolves. And Leicester should win this game. Like Vardy's back, apart, I think Brendan said that in his press conference today. So they're not even Vardy-less anymore. So there's not even that excuse. Maybe, and I think indeed he's on a f- late fitness test, and he's had a few injuries, so they might want to protect him. Um, but Vardy's the king Vardy's the key Like Ricardo Pereira's back in the team Sionchu's back in the team that's obviously at the cost of Fafana's injury but it, they have a strong squad Leicester have a strong squad apart from back up to Vardy but if Vardy's playing it doesn't matter So, and Harvey Barnes is in great form Madison's looking spectacular again Um, even Niosi Perez is looking like a decent player again so it, it's just it, it's strange. It's just it's a strange one, but I can't see an argument for in this game. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil, Leicester.
0: Yep, two 0 to Leicester. Um, I I can't argue with that. I'm I'm gonna mirror you in that one, and it's quite. I don't know. This is the second time I'm mirroring you, but obviously you get to pick the scores before yes. I do. I had two nil written down here. Um. I think you've said it all really I I don't think I don't think I can add too much to that but something I can add to it's Liverpool versus Man City as the next game yeah. a struggling Liverpool side a Liverpool side who me personally I, I haven't seen being title contenders since October mm. um I, I was already irritated with the fact that they didn't make uh, center back signings in the summer and I, 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 you know, it's, it's easy to say it now, um, but you can go back and listen to podcasts and, and Twitter posts and stuff like that. I said it was going to be a concern back then. And it wasn't to be like, Oh, you know, in the know or anything like that. It was just common sense. You went into a season with your three senior center backs being Van Dyke, Gomez and Matip. You knew based on just deductive reasoning. Based on the data, based on the information you had, you knew at some point this season you were going to go at least a month without two of those three. Now, fair enough, you probably thought Van Dijk was going to be the one that would be there. But this is football. This isn't Tedleywicks, as the commentators like to say. Anyone can get injured at any point in time. Now, you weren't expecting Van Dijk to be the one to be injured, but you knew Gomez and Matip were injury-prone, and there was a chance that both would be injured. You should have had someone to cover that. You didn't get one. And you can't cry foul now. I get the Van Dijk crying foul that it's him that went down, but arguing that you don't have centre-backs to play is on Liverpool, in my opinion, and they should have addressed that. Now, they've addressed it now somewhat in the January window, we'll see how these players bed in it it's a very difficult window for a player to come in and bed in um and it's 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 a liverpool side as i said coming off coming into this one in bad form two horrible games that they've played back to back they had a, a, a decent two games before that and then but most of the season they've just been up and down all season i think if they get i think for liverpool it's just I hope the players have higher mentality because you know the whole you know shoot for the stars if you miss your land but you know shoot for the moon if you miss at least your land among the stars type thing. I hope they're still aiming to try and win the league because I think just take four top four this season and and sort it out next season, try and get something in Europe this season, but they come up against a side that does not concede goals. There's a Liverpool side that struggles to score goals, Guy. How can you justify Liverpool, one, scoring a goal in this game, two, winning it? I think we'll score a goal
1: because we tend to against Man City. Um, and our problems have been the team's further on the table. So I think there is an argument for us to... Maybe not win the game. I'll say win the game. Compete in the game. That's where I'm going with. Because we've performed well. Like, our best performances this season, Leicester, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea. I know these aren't as good as Man City, but they're still up there in the table. Wolves, Crystal Palace, they're probably the outliers, but they're, they're probably our best performances I, I can think of the top of my head. Even in the first game against Man City, I can't I can't even I think we drew, but it was still a good performance by us. So I think Liverpool do have a chance in this game, but there's some very big caveats. If we're playing Jordan Henderson and Nat Phillips against this Man City team, I am going to be scared. Are we <laughs> are we rushing Are we rushing back Fabinho to protect people? Because it, If we're rushing back Fabinho for this and he gets injured again Oh my god! Please, I I can't I can't watch Europa League football again. I can't I can't. It's bad. Um, so there's a big question mark. I, I know uh, Klopp said Fabinho and, and Mane are back in training. and Alisson got over his sickness. So if them three start, we're in we're in the conversation. But the question is at centre back because if Fabinho plays, he's going to be at centre back. P- people keep saying I'll play Ozan Kabak and Nat Phillips at centre back. There is not a goddamn chance that <laughs> Fabinho is playing mid Fabinho is not playing midfield till Virgil van Dijk is back. That, that I just cannot see it at all. Like Fabinho's your most dependable, your best, whatever. He's best in two bloody positions. That that's where we're at. So yeah, Fabinho's not playing centre mid till Van Dijk and Co are back. But is he going to throw in Kabak? Is he going to throw in Davies? I, I just don't see it. I think he'll play Henderson and um, and and uh, and Fabinho at centre back. I, I just think he will. And then again, then in midfield, Ginny Tiago. I hope Curtis Jones because Jim at Milner's hamstring. Milner
0: right, is. Come he, on. He he will. Die. He's played like
1: five games in a row. now. <laughs> it's crazy. Five games a season. We'll <laughs> break him. Never mind in a row. <laughs> so yeah, it, if it's that. I mean, it'll be good on the ball. The midfield should work. Ginny always plays well against City. Like I can see us competing. I just can't see us winning. I just can't. Go like, on.
0: Go on. Yeah,
1: but you you can't. You'll either say a draw or Man City winning. There's no logic in Liverpool winning. And the pro the the, the thing it the thing is football is illogical. So Liverpool will probably win this. And then I think we have Leicester next week. We'll get tonked by Leicester. Leicester, But I think we have like Sheffield United up soon. We'll probably beat City and Leicester and lose to Sheffield United. That's how our season's going. But I'm going to say one all.
0: One all. What a boring game that sounds like. Yep. Look. Maybe it's reverse psychology. We'll see if it works. I don't see Liverpool drawing this game. I don't see Liverpool winning this game. I see Liverpool losing this game. It's not... Look, the reason Liverpool did well against City was when City was kind of... They backed the end-to-end game against Liverpool and said, we're going to outscore you. I think Pep's gotten over that phase now. He's no longer willing to go into a gunsling with Liverpool because... He's seen it too many times and and been hurt by it too many times. So this is going to be a very patient approach from City. And that worries me because Liverpool's makeshift centre-backs have done well when long balls are being played to them and it's physical and stuff like that. Not when it's very intricate like patterns of passing and where the defensive concentration is a lot more than just balls coming i have to head it away or balls coming i have to clear it away they're not going to have to hold the line correctly they're going to have to know when to push up when to drop with i think city are going to ask too much of that center back pairing whatever center back pairing it's going to be and it's not going to be a match for that uh, city do this thing where they do that they do really well where they have runners coming from midfield and they purposely run offside and that usually means that either the player that runs, that, that tracks that, that city midfielder runs with them, um, and effectively then drops the line deep because they now play everyone else on side or one of the defenders drops with that, that runner, um, thinking that a ball's coming over the top and basically messes up your, your defensive line. Now, instead of being in a line, it's kind of like a zigzag and then they have a second runner running into the space and that player is now obviously on side because someone's dropped deep and i don't know i hope liverpool you know have some a plan for that but i don't know in the heat of the moment when you're making split second decisions if liverpool defenders are going to make the right decisions in those in that point i'm going with a 2-0 city win i don't think liverpool score a goal in this game i don't give liverpool a chance It hurts saying it as a Liverpool fan, but as I always say, I call it like I see it and I see a Man City win. Speaking of calling it like I see it, I I did not call Sheffield United struggling the way they have this season. But, Guy, they're starting to get some results. They go up against the Chelsea side who also have looked to correct the ship this season and are pushing for top four.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think... um... Chelsea, I think they made the... As someone who's an outsider, I think you'd probably agree. You wanted to see Frank Lampard stay in that job.
0: Oh, yes, please. Exactly. and At that, least give us a cushion.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and the fact they brought in Tuchel, who... He's a bit of a meme, but he's a good manager. Like, he probably he's probably done the best job at PSG out of all of them. And that's a list that has, like, what, Ancelotti he's probably the best one, Lauren Blanc, Unai Emery. This is making my point worse and worse by the name, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's probably done the best job. Obviously, getting the Champions League final—strange circumstances, but he should—he probably should have won that final. Considering no, our goodbye, you know, it's uh, it's big volumes, um, but yeah, I, I think they look like they've got an idea now. Whereas under Frank, it was like. And it may be harsh because Frank, what was in second, third year of his managerial career, it, it genuinely did look like there was no real plan. You watched them, that like pressing, half of them had press, half of them had drop off. It just looked undefined. Whereas you look at, you look at the top glass managers, like Klopp had us had Liverpool playing the way he wanted us to. By his first full season, he obviously came in in October um Mourinho at Spurs a bit different but Pepper City took a season he spent a lot of money on fullback but you took him a season to get him the way they wanted to play and it's taken Frank what 18 months and there's still no defined way of playing and you couldn't really identify one way or another It, it, it you need to you need to have a set way of playing and maybe the squad wasn't right, he obviously wanted Declan Rice and stuff like that, but Tuchels came in and it looks a lot more defined. He's playing like three at the back. He's protecting Um Silver. He's getting the best out of players like Alonso. Alonso's not he's not the best left well, he's more of a left wing back. But he's not he's not the best left back, left wing back. But if you use him simply to attack, he is a weapon. It's a weapon to use. He's got the best out of chore. Um, Callum hodson why am I speaking in Twitter lingo? <laughs> I was going <laughs> um, to say uh, it, wow. Uh, we, have a we, we have a character <laughs> limitation on, on pods. Um, but if if you said Frank Lampard came into Chelsea, his job would be to get the best out of the youngsters. Maybe that's right in Reese James or Mason Mount's case, but has he really developed Tammy Abraham? Callum hudson um Tamori, who's obviously gone now. Whereas you look, it's it's three it's games in. Callum Hudson-Odoi's in his best spot form in his career at mm-hmm. Chelsea. And that's taken Tuchel cool three games. He's, he's changed formation. He's he settled on Jorginho, who was unwanted. Kovacic, who's seemingly fallen down the pecking order. I think he just has to figure out the... The number nine and the, and the, the wingers seem to be the biggest problem, because... The number nine, it's either Giroud, who's really slow, but he's he's good at what he does. Tammy Abraham, who's seemingly lacking confidence. And Timo Werner, who's a bit broken and not really a number nine. He's kind of halfway between. And the wing and, and behind is the wingers. Um, Hudson, I played right wing back one game, but maybe he's locked in one of the wingers' position. But then you've got Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech. Werner, Werner can play there. Um... Pulisic they've just got loads of options there so I think that's probably the front line's probably what you've got to figure out and we know the talent's there because they spent 200 bazillion pounds on it in the summer um so I'm quite scared of Chelsea like I don't think they'll make a huge like surge for the title or anything like that but if the attack clicks and and the formation they're playing it's getting the best out of Azpilcuaire, Silva, Um, Zuma or Rudiger, whoever's playing centre-back with them. I I think that's the best formation that suits them because it's basically still a Conte team, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think Chelsea could make a a a good run at the top four and whether that's at Leicester or Liverpool's expense, that's the two teams I'd I'd probably be targeting if I was Chelsea, Tottenham or Everton or whoever the hell else is in the running. Um, But Sheffield United... I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I don't think it will happen. But out of the teams who are in the relegation zone, I have the most confidence in them getting closest to safety. I don't think any of them will. But I don't think, I don't think they can, you can confidently say on a prediction podcast that they'll beat Chelsea. So I will go, I don't think it'll be a huge scoring game because Sheffield United, even though they've been terrible, haven't really got tonked. 2 um, 1 bit of a cop-out answer but i think chelsea will win
0: yep um I, i i think you know you summed up chelsea pretty well it would be interesting to see how they do it's almost as if the handbrake's been taken off of them now that frank is gone and that squad is really good they were underperforming and i think frank had a lot to do with that so I'm scared of them. Uh, as I said earlier, I would have preferred a bigger cushion before Frank got released, mm. just, just just, to make sure we do get into the top four. Uh, Sheffield United, they've left themselves a hell of a lot to do. If they were like, you know, four points from safety right yeah. now, I, I think they could do it. Mm-hmm. just oh, mate they're they 11 points man that that's a that's a big turnaround
1: you'd have to show that's a, title, a win in,
0: title win in forms yeah um, just to get yeah. out of there and and that's obviously taking into account that the other two teams above them don't do that as well so it's it's just a really tall order but for this specific game um i, I agree with you they're not getting tonked uh and it in that theme, I think I'm going to go with the 1-0 Chelsea win. I still think Chelsea need to sort out their attack a little bit, as you said, figure out what's what, who's playing where, who's playing in form, and and how to utilise that front four effectively. Um, Sheffield United, they don't get tonked, and I think Chelsea would just have enough to to get by them. We round things off with Leeds versus Crystal Palace. Guy Leeds have been fun to watch this season. Crystal Palace... Sometimes? <laughs>
1: uh, I enjoyed the 7-0. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it is just, it, This is probably the battle of um, two differing uh, philosophies, isn't it? Bielsa doesn't do defending. <laughs> um, and, and Hodgson, obviously, has had a lot of injury problems at the, at the back all this season, so it's been a bit more um, topsy-turvy there um but it, it's a bit it's built on um solidity uh, and with the injuries they've had there it, it, it's they've not really had that opportunity there but they're a bit up and down but that that's what Roy Hodgson teams are they'll win like two games lose two then draw two it's it's very uh, cyclic. cyclical what the, the word <laughs> I'm looking for um <laughs> that's that's always what it's been for uh for Hodgson. My main concern in this game is that Zaha's meant to be out. And, well, you know, like, Eze's been good. A.U. was very good last season. Bashwag, I think he scored in the last couple, or I think he did in the last game, especially. Um, Townsend's a good player, or he can be a good player, but not none of them are Wilfred Zaha. Just none of none of them have the fear, the threat, Um they don't give you the, the other team something to worry about, like like Wilfred Zaha. So I think you have to make Leeds favourite. Um, I really like Rafinha for Leeds. Um, he seems to have been settled in, and he just has a bit of sauce, you know them players. Yeah, a bit of sauce. Like you watch Ndombele in it's the sauciest man ever alive. Oh my god, very me! And, and you get you get that from Rafinha. Ban- Banford, I took him at my FPL and he scored, so that's how that works
0: thank you for that yeah you're I welcome
1: you're welcome um who else? jack harrison is it jack or Jake? one of the two um
0: one of the harrisons
1: yeah one of them he, he's very direct um the defence is just the key for for leeds and unless like a ben teke masterclass who who always ends up back in the team somehow um i i just think leeds should should really win this and I think this might be a mad one, you know, because neither team like injury problem for Palace and Leeds probably have like three centre backs injured because that just seems to be the norm for them this season. Let's have a look: Laurent uh Robin Cot. Yeah, that's free. Uh, <laughs> they always have free injury. Um So yeah, no defending. Monday night. Monday night games are always terrible. Let's let's go against the grid. Let's go three two Leeds.
0: Oh, that would be a lovely way to round off not Mm. only this podcast but just the weekend of football. Yeah, lots of goals, three two, and you're saying Leeds getting that win Mm -hmm. uh, to finish it off. I I think I think if Crystal Palace stand a chance in this game, it's going to have to be on the shoulders of Eze. He seems to be the spark at the moment, Um, but I, I just think. Leeds are the team to take you into gunslinger type games this season. And I don't know if Palace have that kind of firepower if Zaha is not fit and firing. And, and that's going to be a problem for them. I'm going to go with a 3 1 Leeds win. I, I know City, I know Crystal Palace usually stay in games, but I just think that there's going to be too much coming from that Leeds side. The movement, the just connection that they seem to have going forward, the patterns of play, I think is going to be too much for them. Guy, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. To our listeners, thank you for being patient, waiting for the next episode. Uh, sorry about that. Um, that one's on me and, and and my clumsy hands. But, Guy, um, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Um
1: just at Guy Drinkle on Twitter, all my Anfield Index stuff's there. I was also on Two Footed uh, this afternoon, as I mentioned earlier. But I was pretty much in your shoes hosting Dave for that one. So <laughs> if you want to hear Dave's on that one, but yeah, as you know, AI work over there. So if you're a Liverpool fan, uh, yeah, all over there.
0: Thanks. And from my end, you guys, just go and check out EPL Index, um website at eplindex.com. Give a shout-out to our sponsors, Liberty Shield. Let them know that you heard about them from us. Uh, guys mentioned the Two Footer podcast, the weekly podcast show hosted by Dave Hendrick. Check that one out. We've got on Sundays, usually, um, the EPL roundtable with Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams reviewing and previewing the happenings around the EPL. Highly recommend you checking that out. Come interact with us on our Twitter account at predictable. Uh, show me with praise about my predictable power 5 which was spot on um, I'm, I'm really happy about that one check out at epl index twitter account as guy has mentioned his twitter account is at guy drinkle i've been your host to Jurgen my twitter handles at Tad predicts the lovely lady you heard at the beginning, she does all of our intros. Um, she's still top of her fantasy league at the moment. Uh, she's doing really well there. Um, I think she's top, if I'm not mistaken, she's top 100,000 in the entire competition. So yeah, she's doing <laughs> a lot better than me. At Spursy141, maybe if you want fantasy tips, check her out. Um, thank you, guys, for coming onto the show. Thank you, listeners, for listening. We'll check you out next time, and remember, Chasinga Perry, Chino Shura, Sports Social Podcast Network.